0: Good morning again. You all look well, like you're drying out. This is good. This is good. Why don't we have a word of prayer and we'll just ask that God would bless our our, uh, time together in his word. Gracious Lord, as we come to your word, we humble ourselves underneath it. We do not sit over your word as though somehow we got to decide what it meant and how it should apply to our lives. But Lord, we... Surrender ourselves to it, knowing that it is the guide for us, the true guide. Knowing that it is the source of life and life everlasting. Lord, open our hearts, open our minds to receive uh, what at times is a difficult truth. And open our hearts and our minds to uh, the transforming power of your Holy Spirit. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. The word sexy. Uh, Webster defines it. As generally attractive or interesting, synonym would be appealing. That is the definition of the word according to the dictionary. If we operate with this definition, I think that we can say that according to many people today, marriage is no longer sexy, it is no longer attractive or interesting or appealing. In a recent USA Today poll asking a whole bunch of folks across America, singles, uh, 21 and older, 27% of them said, you know what, I just don't want to marry at all. Just not interested in it. Another 40% of the same group were unsure of it. So that gives you 67% of folks, 21 and older, that at least have a questionable uh, view And and when I say questionable, they they have questions about marriage uh, as an institution. They have questions about what marriage is, and they're skeptical about it. And because there's become so much free expression for other things, it seems to be antiquated and outdated. In a lot of people's minds, marriage is a thing of the past. But let me tell you, this is not at all what God intended for marriage. Hebrews 13.4, we'll just leave this up on the screen here for you. It states this, it says, Let marriage be held in honor by all, whether you're in it or not, honor it. And let the marriage bed be kept undefiled, for God will judge fornicators and adulterers. Unfortunately, marriage today is seen as an antiquated relic, and sex is as commonplace as the beer, cigarettes, and laundry detergent that it sells. It is as dirty as the billboards that make everybody feel uncomfortable and as cheap as the free sex sites on the Internet. And I'll tell you, it sounds odd. But if we go back to Webster's definition, I think that today sex itself is no longer sexy. It's not interesting. It's common. It's not attractive. It seems to be a means to an end. And let me tell you, church, this should not be the case. Friends, we've got to understand that sex and marriage were given to us as gifts by God himself. And he said, these are good things. Things that should be enjoyed and should be enjoyable. They are to be both sacred and to be celebrated. And the author of Hebrews reminds us that marriage should be honored. Sex should be honored. Why? Because they are honorable. They are honorable things. Marriage should be sexy, appealing, interesting, and attractive. And sex should be the same way. But the problem as I see it is that this gift of sex, which is much like a fire to a home, it is designed to give warmth and bring people together. When the fire that is inside of your hearth escapes the hearth, it doesn't warm the home, it destroys the home. It brings destruction to it. It burns it down to the ground. And I think that sex has escaped... It's confines of marriage. And if we're going to keep marriage sexy, we've got to do that by keeping sex in marriage. And so this morning, I sort of want to walk through this verse and just take each of these thoughts, just just the thoughts in themselves, and try to unpack what is this going to mean for us as believers. Let's look at this first part here. Let marriage be held in honor by all. What does it mean to honor marriage? Well, let's see. This word honor here describes value and respect. If you were to get a strong concordance out or go onto something like Blue Letter Bible and you would click on that Greek word of honor and say, show me all the other places that this word shows up in the New Testament. It would take you to Revelation where the same word is translated as jewels. Something that is precious and valuable. It would take you to, to, to places where it talks about Gamaliel who was a teacher respected by everybody. Because he was a good man. It is something that describes great value, great respect. And yet as I think of this definition of honor, I don't think that's how we view marriage. Marriage for a lot of folks, and hopefully not us, but marriage for many is this, it's, it's a necessary evil. You, I mean, you just can't live together your whole life. you got to have to make an honest woman out of her eventually, so we might as well get married. It's a necessary evil. Maybe it's something you do right before or right after you have kids. Well, you shouldn't have kids and not be married, so I suppose we might as well get married. <laughs> marriage is sometimes viewed as a way to save money on your taxes. Or for a lot of seniors, I know that marriage is something you avoid so that way you don't lose money in your taxes or your retirement. May West, I think, captured the feeling of today's thoughts on marriage when she said quite some time ago, she said marriage is a great institution I'm just not sure I'm ready to be institutionalized yet. And we laugh because it is kind of funny. But the problem is that so many people view marriage as quaint and antiquated. And yes, it's nice to go home for so many younger folks. And they're going to go home and see mom and dad for Christmas. You know, they got married. They stay married. They got marriage right. No one else seems to have done that. We look at them and we go, wow, that's amazing. Uh, I've started to wonder how many homes who have these beautiful couples that have been married for 50 years are going to be welcoming back uh, a son who's bringing his live-in girlfriend with them or a daughter who's bringing back maybe her sixth husband. And we're not quite sure what his name is because they just ran off and did this one weekend. And while they're all gathered together, they'll go, you know, this seems to be something that It's just not for us. Marriage is something of a relic in an era gone by. And I think a lot of the reason that marriage is no longer sexy or honored or however you want to say that is largely because we don't honor sex anymore. And yet Hebrews reminds us right here, let the marriage bed be kept undefiled. The majority of English translations translate that word there, uh, koite, as marriage bed. But if you were to do the same thing we did with honor and chase that all the way through the New Testament, you would find that it is translated in several different ways. Frequently, it is described just of sexuality, of somebody engaged in a sexual act. It sounds a lot like our English word for the same. So what the author of Hebrews here is saying, if we kind of put all this together very literally, it says, honor marriage, all of you, and keep sexuality pure. It's interesting to me that the author of Hebrews doesn't pause to separate marriage from sex. It's together It's all part of the same clause. It's all part of the same thought. It's all part of the same idea. It goes together. And yet for us, sex has been removed from marriage and for many has become a sport of individual conquest. It seems that for many there is a scoreboard in the bedroom and whoever gets the most wins. Let me tell you, if this is your idea of sex, you've got it wrong. There's no two ways to look at this. If sex is a sport, then it's a team sport. And those that win are the teams that practice and stay together for a lifetime. That's what sex is. I'll tell you, I've been married 11 years. In counter to popular ideas and thoughts, sexuality gets better with time. And as I've talked to a few older men who are much, much older than I, they will say, you know what, listen, the idea that this is a young man's game is wrong. It gets better with age, with time, with practice. And that only happens inside the confines of marriage. It it only happens inside the confines of marriage. But today, however, sexuality is not an activity reserved for marriage. It's not an activity to be refined in marriage. It's reserved for those who have been dating a really long time. Those are the people that have sex. Or those that have been dating for just one night. I guess it's for them too. Sex is no longer reserved for one man and one woman for life. It's for one man and one woman for one night, unless that doesn't suit you. And even then, the rules can change. The sad truth is that the sheets of many people's homes are cleaner than is the act of sexuality for them. What's even sadder is that as many pursue sex for individual conquest, they miss out on the blessing of a sex life that improves with love and cooperation inside of marriage. When sex is kept sacred... Impure, it is kept valuable but today both sex and marriage are viewed as worthless sexuality is valued it is honored when it is kept pure when it is kept inside of marriage or if you would rather if you're going to keep marriage sexy then you've got to keep sex inside of marriage and so here I, i just want us to think through a few things how can we honor marriage and sexuality this is what gets at the second half of the sentence here For God will judge fornicators and adulterers. Uh, The author of Hebrews is is giving us not a subtle hint, a very clear one. He says, listen, if you're going to honor marriage and you're going to honor sexuality, then you've got to abstain from these two things. You've got to abstain from adultery and you've got to abstain from fornication. Now, we don't like to talk about these things, and we've come up with different words from adultery and for fornication. You know, we call it having an affair. That's far less offensive than committing adultery. Or, or just, you know, we, we connected or we hooked up one night. That's a lot better than to say the word fornication. But The truth of the matter is it's the same. No matter how you call it, it's a sin. Adultery is any type of sexuality that violates the covenant of marriage. It is any time a married woman or married man has sex with someone who is not their marriage partner. That's it. That's the definition, friends. It's any time a man, a married man, becomes sexually connected with a set of digital pixels that resembles a woman on his computer screen. It's any time that a woman indulges a fantasy partner from a book or movie and would prefer him to her husband. It is any time that a man or woman develops dreams about how their life would be better if they were only connected with one of their co-workers. Friends, these are forms of adultery, and we've got to abstain from them. Fornication. Fornication encompasses all sexuality outside of and before marriage. It happens anytime a couple hooks up for a night, even if it's just for fun and nobody gets hurt. It happens when a boyfriend or girlfriend decides they're serious enough to have sex or move in together, but they're still not serious enough to get married. It happens then. It happens every time a single man or single woman justifies the use of pornography because they just have these urges. Let me tell you, we've got to abstain from adultery. We've got to abstain from fornication. But At the end of the day, I'll tell you, those are the minimum requirements of honoring marriage. Those are the minimum requirements of honoring sexuality. If we're going to keep marriage sexy by keeping sex in marriage, then we've got to reclaim the value of marriage. Let me tell you, you can start reclaiming the value of marriage if you're married by, by simply doing this. Go home and tell your spouse that you're glad to be married to them. Honey, I'm glad to be married to you. This is a delight for me to be in covenant with you. If you have kids, let them know how special it is to be married. If you have co workers or friends, let them know that your marriage is great and valued. Let them know that you value your partner, value your spouse. Don't refer to the old lady or the old man. Talk about your beautiful wife, your competent husband. Show them as valued, cherished, honored even sexy to those that you meet. Value your commitments. If you're single, honor your future marriage bed. Keep it pure. If you're single and living with somebody else, let me tell you, you do not have a choice. You are going to have to separate. You're going to have to move out. Uh, It's interesting to me, the CDC, Center for Disease Control, uh, a, a great secular organization founded and funded by the federal government, has started doing research into premarital cohabitation. Living together. They won't call it fornication. but They just say these people that live together and then get married. you know what we found? When they live together and then get married, they're more likely to break up with each other. And they say, you know what, that's a health problem. Because if they break up, then they end up having sex with more people. And then they spread more diseases. Or their children are are coming from broken homes. That leads to more emotional issues. And then that leads to poverty, which leads to more health issues. And so it's interesting to me that it's taken the federal government... And the secular world, about 2,000 years to figure out what Hebrews 13, 4 said from the beginning. It said, you ought to honor marriage. You ought to keep sex undefiled. And now, thanks to modern science, technology, and pollsters, we've discovered, you know, there's a good reason for this. If you're single and sleeping with your boyfriend or girlfriend, let them know you're not going to do that anymore. Go, I don't know if I could do that. Well, just say, hey, listen, let's give it a break for six months. See what kind of reaction you get. Let me know how that goes for you. If you're single, keep your ideas about sex and your future spouse pure. Don't corrupt your mind with pornography. Don't set the bar so high that no one could reach your expectations. Understand that if you're going to keep your future marriage sexy, then you've got to do that by keeping sex in marriage. Sexy is a word aside from Webster's definition. That used to have a powerful meaning. Something that was kind of whispered. You know, you wouldn't say that all around. You wouldn't, you wouldn't describe potato chips this way, the way that we do today. Or a new car. It was something reserved for quiet tones between a man and a woman. It, it evoked mystery. described something that was valuable, prized, enjoyable, fun, and yet at the same time, sacred. But today, sexy and sex have become a caricature. Uh, you know what a caricature is, don't you? It's something that, that has a little bit of basis in reality. It, it's a cartoon drawing, isn't it? It's something that, that kind of looks like the real person, but they exaggerate certain features and diminish others, so that way it looks a little bit like a cartoon. You know, we see it and we laugh here. Last night I had some time, so I, I made some caricatures of myself on, on, on my computer. You do it with Photoshop. See, I'm really happy about this. So let, let's look at one caricature. So you take that picture, same one, same guy, and then, then you get this if you do it just right, Okay? Kind of look like Kim Jong il, I think, there. It's kind of, the glass is really angled that way. And then the other one there, you see, they call that the frog. This is my favorite. It's all the same picture. And if you looked at that and I showed you that, you'd say, oh, I know who that is. That's that's Weston. I know who that is. And caricatures are often funny. But the problem is that this caricature we've made of sex and sexuality is not funny, it's dangerous. Today, sex has become a caricature. One of the caricatures of sex is this. It says, well, this is an activity that any group of consenting couples can, can engage in. The, the other caricature of sex is that, well, this is something that, that, that's only reserved for those that are, you know, attractive, that, that make it look good. But the truth of the matter is that these caricatures aren't funny, they're, they're dangerous. You don't believe me, let me show you. This next picture here, this picture here of a woman. This is a normal woman. And her husband and her were working on a documentary about what Photoshop does. Let's see this next picture. That's actually the same woman. It's the same woman. The thing, though, about this woman on the right is that she has more in common with Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny than she does anybody in reality. She's a cartoon figure. She's a caricature. Let me tell you, this is more serious and important than a bunch of airbrushed pictures. A man by the name of Horace wrote in Odes, long before the writing of Hebrews. He said, full of sin, our age has defiled first the marriage bed, then our children and our homes. Springing from such a source, the stream of disaster has overflowed both people and nation. In Horace's day, the Roman culture had bought into a caricature of sexuality, and today we've bought into one that's maybe even more dangerous. Today my challenge is simple. It's let us as a church reclaim sex, reclaim marriage. Let us together as a church discard the caricature and keep marriage sexy by keeping sex in marriage. Let me pray for you. Gracious Lord, we come and we are surrounded and bombarded by, by a plurality of images, none of them helpful. We're surrounded and bombarded by caricatures that we've thought resembled reality, but in truth, were nothing like it. Lord, we confess to you that that we have sometimes, at different points in our lives, maybe bought into some of these different lies. And Lord, we confess that to you. Lord, this morning, my prayers for for us as a church. We know the call is clear. We know the command is simple and straightforward here in the book of Hebrews. You've not minced your words, Lord, and I pray that I've not minced mine. Lord, today we are challenged to honor marriage, to keep sexuality pure. And for all those today that would take that challenge seriously, I pray that you'd give them the strength to do that, to guard their minds, their bodies, their actions, and their hearts.